For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. According to a recent report titled The Tipping Point for Travel Loyalty in 2023 from iSeats, while 61% of consumers believe that the loyalty programs they belong to are helping them to save money and get more value from their travel experience, only 51% of them visit their loyalty program website first when making travel booking decisions. What's worse, 63% of loyalty providers think they are their members' first choice. So there are some disconnects between what customers want and what they're experiencing and what loyalty programs are providing. Today, we're going to talk about the state of customer loyalty programs and the role of personalization in improving customer retention and lifetime value. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Andy Hermo, Chief Commercial Officer at iSeats. Andy, welcome to the show. Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this with you. Um, so why, why don't we get started with you giving a little background on yourself as well as a little bit about what iSeats does. Sure. So uh, as you already stated, I'm the chief commercial officer at iSeats. So iSeats uh, provides digital commerce and loyalty tech solutions to our clients to enable them to offer travel and lifestyle bookings to help them drive greater member, uh, greater member engagement as well as to drive incremental revenue. So for most loyalty programs, you know, they offer, and, and this is kind of loyalty in travel, they'll offer the basics, right? They'll offer air, car, hotel, um, et cetera. iSeats goes beyond that. And we help our clients to create really compelling experiences for the members by including, by enabling them to include lifestyle products, destination activities, and, 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 and additional options that are all deeply integrated with their loyalty functionality. So enabling their members to uh, earn and burn on all these additional uh, types of options beyond their core product. So in terms of our, our client portfolio, we have some leading travel, hospitality, and financial services brands as our clients. So that includes American Express, um, Wyndham Hotels and Resorts, uh, Intercontinental Hotels and Resorts. Great, great, wonderful. Well, um, so we're going to 
look at loyalty programs in a few ways today. So first, I wanted to start by talking about some of the disconnects, um, some of the things I referred to in the in the open, as well as uh, customer expectations and and uh, from their loyalty program. So I mentioned there's a disconnect between how frequently or top of mind a customer may hold their customer loyalty programs. From your perspective, what, what are some of the challenges that are preventing customers from always going to their loyalty program provider first? Yes. Yeah, so um, good question. And, and I think that, you know, at the core, there are really two that uh, our, our data, you know, always points to. And, and I know that, you know, my clients are always very focused on that is number one, are they providing the breadth of options, you know, that their members are looking for in their loyalty program in terms of having the ability, you know, to have lots of optionality around the types of things that they could earn and burn their, their, their points on. If they don't provide the breadth, then uh, their, their members are going to go elsewhere for the convenience of, of one-stop shopping. The next is value. So if a member is convinced that, you know, with, with their loyalty program provider, that they're not finding the best value, then they're also going to search for other reasons to, you know, to book elsewhere. So a little bit of data from our, our report that you, uh, you referenced earlier. So 43% of the consumers surveyed in our study said saving money on travel is what they value most. So, you know, 43, it, it, it's not a huge number, 43%, but, it, but it's material and providers need to get the value equation right. Yeah, yeah. Is that, do you think this is a communication of value that's, that's lacking or is it that they're the, some of the, the loyalty programs are simply just not providing enough value or is, is it all I, of you the know, above? I think it has to do with communication, but I think it also has to do with, you know, the sheer value, right? The types of yeah. discounts that loyalty programs provide. So I think that, you know, in, in our data, when, when we ask consumers, what would, you know, what would be the driver for them to be, you know, even, you know, more engaged in their loyalty program? Deeper discounts. I mean, they said 59% of them said that deeper discounts would, would be that reason. Yeah. But, you know, th there are other things, right, that, that are deterrents. If your loyalty program is delivering to you irrelevant offers, right, if they are, if, if it's difficult to understand, you know, what are the rules or policies around, you know, earning and redemption? And, and then how easy is it to actually, you know, earn and burn your points on their site? Also, how seamless of an experience it is, you know, and you know, too many times, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be in a booking experience where now all of a sudden you're linked off to another site for, you know, for the booking or, or for payment. So yeah. that's also a, a, another uh, detractor. And then, you know, lastly, you know, lack of personalization. Right now, uh, I, I think that, you know, many loyalty members feel a, a, a much stronger connection with their, their, their streaming service provider or with Amazon than the type of loyalty program, in particular the loyalty programs and travel, you know, that, that they've been deeply loyal to, you know, for many years. Yeah. So providers need to kind of look, you know, look in the mirror and, and, and really start to focus on solving for some of these things. Yeah. Yeah. And so from the customer perspective, you know, it's, it, it may seem simple, right? It's just like, okay, well, just offer me more, more of what I want. And, you know, just re 
go out and get another partner and, you know, off, offer me this stuff. But obviously from the provider standpoint, there's the, it, it gets complicated there, right? It's, you know, incorporating content and inventory sources. Um, you know, this was cited as, as the top area for improvement identified on the provider side in the report that, that I mentioned. Um, but, you know, it's, it could also be the, the need to add new features as well as overall improving the user or customer experience. That's a lot, right? So, you know, how, how does a loyalty provider think about prioritizing, you know, what, what do they improve and, and when? Sure. So, you know, adding additional inventory uh, sources, you know, just improving the overall features and functionality of a, of a loyalty program, all, you know, really important. But, you know, there's, if you take a step back, there, there's some even more important first steps, right? Like, for instance, does that provider have a, you know, a holistic, you know, loyalty program strategy, right? Yeah. So if, if, you know, if their strategy is kind of, you know, independent tactics that are kind of disconnected, very short term in mind, where, where they're not, you know, collectively addressing how they can maximize, you know, deep engagement with their, with their member throughout the entire customer journey, then, you know, the program is going to have less than acceptable results. So, you know, a, a holistic strategy needs to be in place. I mean, they also need to prioritize based upon what they're looking to achieve. So when, when they look at their program, what are the most critical priorities, right? Is it just purely increased membership or is it improved engagement? Is it improving, you know, uh, customer lifetime value or is it improving, you know, the total spend that goes through the program? You know, these are related, but but they are, you know, different in nature as well. And, you know, a, a provider needs to really focus in on what they're looking to uh, looking to achieve. Yeah. Those are certainly something that someone needs to focus on as they're trying to determine what do I what do I focus on first? I, I, I will tell you this. And I I, I think obviously from my background um, and from what I seats does, we're, we play in that that intersection of of travel and loyalty. So. A super strong recommendation that I have for companies is if they're not including travel rewards in their loyalty program today, they really need to because travel rewards can help can help providers meet all the growth you know objectives that I that I mentioned previously. Yeah, a, a little you know it was surprising when we looked at the data in in our um, report that of the like 300 companies that we surveyed, only 32 percent were providing travel rewards as part of their, their, their earning and redemption options. So, you know, that's a pretty small percentage when you have such a, you know, a, a real opportunity in front of you, especially in light of the fact, and, and you'd referenced this before that more than, more than half. So like 61% of consumers believe that their loyalty programs provide them or deliver value to them. And, and, and that's, you know, one of the main reasons why they, they stay engaged with that program. So great news for those providers who, who are including uh, travel redemption. And, and for those who, who are not, it's kind of a, it's a pretty clear message about an opportunity for them to focus on. Yeah, seem, seems like relatively low hanging fruit for those that, that aren't. And, you know, for, I guess for those that, whether they are or, or not, and, you know, are their loyalty programs are not top of mind or let's say top of mind frequently as frequently as, as the, the provider may like, you know, wh what would you say are some of the reasons for the disconnects here? I mean, do 
the loyalty providers just not have enough information about what their customers want? You know, so is it a data issue? Is it a, you know, what's what causes this this disconnect from from these loyalty programs? Yeah, so I, you know, I think that there are, there are fundamental things. All the things that you mentioned, uh, my, my response to that is yes, but yeah. there are some <laughs> fundamental things that that kind of are are you know precursors, right? So so for instance, in many cases, companies just aren't as attuned to what their members really think or want, right? When when you talked about the disconnect, you know, earlier, th- that's you know that's a material disconnect. When when you know the companies that we surveyed. When they when when twenty percent of them believed that user experience was a challenge, meanwhile the consumers who we surveyed, you know, eighty four percent said user wow. experience was a challenge. That that's a, a a big disconnect, yeah. Right. So and, and also from a you know a a from a value or delivering on needs. Again, the the providers ninety two percent of them said that their loyalty program was delivering on their you know, their, their members needs yet only 52% of the consumers uh, or members surveyed um, said the loyalty program was delivering on, on what they value most. So yeah, there, there are real disconnects. So there's being attuned to, to what they need. Also, you know, tech, technology is evolving so quickly, right? And so those providers who, who, you know, don't have modern tech stacks, they're going to find it increasingly harder to, to, to keep up with the evolving needs of, of consumers. So modern platforms, you know, they're scalable. They more easily adapt to evolving capabilities like, you know, all the, you know, the, 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 the advanced personalization type of capabilities that we're being, being able to, or that are coming to market now. One last thing, talent, right? Many companies just are not investing in the talent, talent that makes up the, these, what should be a very strategic department, right? So too often it's, it's shared resources from the marketing organization, or there's even some part-time resources, you know, from finance who, who are involved in, you know, the, the loyalty department, but, uh, you know, fully dedicated, highly talented resources are required to drive a, a really strategic loyalty approach. Before we continue, I'd like to introduce you to a sponsor of the show, Partner Hero. Customer service outsourcing has long been available mainly to large enterprise businesses with long-term contracts and onerous procurement processes. Partner Hero is challenging business as usual and bringing the benefits of outsourcing to small and medium businesses as well as startups. With short, flexible contracts and fast ramp-up times, Partner Hero is making customer support outsourcing a viable option for small and medium businesses and startups. It's perfect for companies with seasonality expecting a temporary spike in volume or that simply need to scale up. And their focus on quality means your customers will get an experience that feels like it comes from your team. If you're ready to bring in outside customer support help for your company that feels like it's part of your existing team, check out Partner Hero. Head on over to partnerhero.com slash agile, that's partnerhero.com slash A-G-I-L-E, to book a free consultation with their solutions team. Mention you heard about Partner Hero from the Agile brand and the way of the setup fee. Now let's get back to the show. You know, I, I do want to get back to the the personalization thing that you mentioned because I think it's an area I wanted to to talk a little about a little bit more today. And anybody that not only has listened to this show but that 
reads stuff about marketing these days. I'm sure you've seen plenty of statistics about the power of personalization. There's a recent survey by uh, Unsupervised that says 81% of Gen Z consumers, for instance, indicate they like personalized ads. Other generations indicate that preference, not maybe not quite as much as 81%, but yet only 37% of consumers say that they receive personalized uh, personalized recommendations when they're booking through loyalty providers. So, you know, if you're Gen Z, that's a huge gap. If your other generations maybe slightly smaller, but still a, a pretty pretty big gap there. So, you know, this seems like an easy enough solve, right? I mean, technology platforms and and all those other things that you mentioned notwithstanding. So, you know, what what's standing in the way here for loyalty providers to close this gap? Yeah. Well, listen, there is a very real reason why personalization isn't, you know, pervasively done well, right, in, in like, you know, the, the, the travel and loyalty space. Uh, and that's because it's difficult. <laughs> it takes yeah. real strategy. It takes real talent. It takes big data. It takes modern, you know, capabilities from a tech, ta- tech stack perspective. Generally speaking, it's, it's a pretty big investment to do it well. And, you know, there, there are also, I mean, it, it doesn't mean that some aren't doing things well now, right? So, and, and there are different levels of personalization. You know, right now, probably the most common personalization uses basic customer data, you know, such as historical data, gender data, location right. detail to tailor messages to speak directly to a, you know, a, a specific uh, consumer uh, in a very individual way. But then there's, you know, hyper-personalization and hyper-personalization involves the use of AI and real-time data to help understand true intent, right? And, and true intent behind the behaviors of the individuals, which, which enables even more meaningful and, and, and intimate offers. So a number of companies are, are kind of doing that most, you know, kind of the, the, the basic personalization very well. Some are making their way into hyper-personalization but it's, you know, it's not easy. And, and also, um, one of the reasons why is, well, it's, it's more than one reason, but, you know, investment to date, personalization strategies, it, at least initially have been focused on kind of small projects, small use cases, and, and don't focus on the entire customer journey, you know, at, at, at every step of the process. Also, from an infrastructure perspective, scaling personalization is is a material investment. It's only possible if you have really big, robust data and and the technology infrastructure to to be able to, you know, drive all the deep analytics that need to support having access to all that uh, to that big data. Yeah. Lastly, and you, you touched on this before, there's a very real kind of like generational affinity for, for personalized content. Like you said, 81% of, of, of Gen Zers liked getting personalized ads. It was like 57% are on, on millennials and 43% for baby, boomer, baby boomers. But it's funny, you know, baby boomers, they don't even take note. I, I think, you know, our data said that like 24% of the time, baby boomers recognize that, uh, mm. that they got a personalized recommendation in yeah. the booking, you know, during the booking experience. What they recognize, you know, much more frequently is when they receive, you know, a personalized offer via, you know, a, a marketing email. So this data kind of captures what, what I call more of a perception bias versus it being a, a bias to, to, you know, whether or not there are real capabilities 
um, out there that, you know, that providers are offering. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a, that's a good distinction. And I, I haven't heard a lot about that talked about when, when we talk about personalization statistics, but I, th- I think you're right there. Um, also agreed, you know, I think there's, we're still, you know, I, I work with some very large companies as a consultant and even them, they're in the kind of what you refer to as the proof of concept and the, the early stage rollout of personalization and, you know, omni-channel one-to-one is still, uh, you know, a strategy, but it's not, it's not being executed, uh, at, at scale in the enterprise at this point. So, you know, it it is one of those things where, you know, where does a customer loyalty program stack up in the, in terms of prioritizing personalization and, and things like that? I mean, I think you've made some good cases that they should be prioritized more than they are, but, you know, just, I guess for those listening out there, could you, Make it a little more practical, and you know what? What does it look like when personalization is done well? Do you have Do you have maybe an example? Well, I'll I'll talk about the you know what are the kind of the the, the key characteristics of what makes up you know personalization kind of done well. So yeah, per- personalization done well, you know, it needs to deliver relevant personalized offers, and it's really I mentioned this before at at, at every step of the customer journey. So you know. While I'm dreaming about, you know, where might I want to go to when I'm actually in the planning process and starting to consider options to when I'm now booking. And then when I'm, I'm in my trip, great opportunity to be delivering offers to, to, to maximize or, or increase the spend of that total trip, right? And then lastly, after my trip, if a member, you know, is interested in going, you know, in a particular itinerary, well, there are thousands of other itineraries that they may also um, be interested in, right? So, and and the way you get there is like by having, you know, I mentioned this before, by having a holistic vision that w- will evolve with your, you know, your customers' needs. There's there's also, you know, there's a big investment, you know, in 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 building data science. So it's 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 data science. It's building product teams that really own the evolution of of yeah. personalization as kind of like a core capability. And then, of course, the uh, you know the the investment and the the infrastructure um, that needs to go along with it. So certainly, those are key inputs into you know personalization done well. But personalization, you know, there's there's re- there's a very real kind of maturity curve for you know for getting to to personalization done well. So the first one is just kind of like establishing foundationally. Do, do you understand your customer profiles? You know, do you understand their personas? Do you, do you have a measurement framework that you've established to be able to track and, and, and measure effectiveness? You know, have you identified the internal data sources as well as potentially, you know, external data sources to it to incorporate into your capability? The next is, you know, going out and acquiring that data. So having the ability to capture all that customer data, capture third-party data, and to be able to consume it and, and to, to have it turn into you know, actionable tactics. And then then you have, you know, leveraging that data. So how can I now take that data, increase awareness and and, and drive, you know, and and identify the intent of the behavior behavior of of members? And and lastly, and this is kind of on the the most progressive side, that's leveraging, you know, your your AI and and your machine learning to be able to analyze large amounts of data in real time and leverage that to, to deliver 
offers that are, you know, that much more personally engaged uh, with what a, a member is looking for. So, yeah. but yeah. you know, th- there are companies that are out there that are, you know, that are doing these things that uh, are, are doing the, you know, the basic and, and some who are, are beginning to do the, the, the more, you know, the hyper personalization, as I mentioned, and I, you know, I don't want to minimize the progress that a lot of companies have made because these accomplishments are, you know, none of them are easy to do. So, you know, it it is advancing. It's advancing very quickly. And, uh, you know, the, the, the proof is going to be in how quickly providers can, uh, can keep up with, with the advancements and, and what their, uh, members are, are uh, looking for. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Well, um, Andy, thanks so much for joining today. One last question before we wrap up here, and you, you've given a lot of great advice already, talked through a, a number of different things here in this in this space. But you know, I wonder, what's uh, one next best action that you'd recommend for those listening that want to take a meaningful step to improving their customer loyalty program in the days ahead? Well, I, I kind of have a, a, a loaded one <laughs> next best action. <laughs> <laughs> but but it is probably it, it's definitely the most uh, important, and then you know there there is a progression for how you evolve your program. But but you know most importantly, it's having a great user experience, yeah. right? R- really engaging members of, of of the program and 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 driving even deeper engagement. So engaging them frequently and capturing data about them throughout the entire customer journey. I, I know I sound a little bit like a broken record. But that's super important. Yeah. yeah. You also, you know, the and within that offering, you know, reward options that go well beyond your typical, you know, air, car, hotel, live events, tours and activities, dining, wellness, et cetera, right? Making it easy for members to to earn and redeem their points. And and then lastly, make the experience personal. So offering, you know, offers that are inspiring. Offers that are that are exclusive that drive deep member engagement with with a, a provider's brand. Those are the things that are going to be all part of this you know this winning user experience. Yeah, great great advice. Love it. Well, again, I'd like to thank Andy Hermo, Chief Commercial Officer at iSeats, for joining the show. You can learn more about Andy and iSeats by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.